This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November the 24th, episode 2816. This episode is brought to you by Stateline Tech. Good morning and happy Thanksgiving, Horse World. As we've been doing all this week, let's take a look back at a past Radiothon and bring you this delightful song. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but HRN is so delightful. The auditors are listening in, Radiothon is about to begin. Glenn, Wendy, Jamie, Jen, and Jammy are working and talking aplenty. Their ponies are all fed and warm. Radiothon is a horse-crazy storm. Oh, the sponsors are all on board. Thank you, Wintech, Weatherbeat, and more. All the hosts handing out the gear. We all hope to win big and cheer. Twelve hours of fun all day long. With horses and interviews and songs. Their day is full, we know. Radio with fun 2018, here we go. Radio with fun 2018, here we go. Well, hi, everybody, and good morning. I'm not sure who sang that song. I am so sorry to whoever did. I would love to give you credit, but for some reason, I don't have the record of who actually sang it. But it was delightful. And uh, we're going to get you a little bit more music today as well. Well, today is all about food, song, and fun. Jamie is off. She is actually about an hour north of us visiting her mom for Thanksgiving here in Florida. So I thought, let's talk recipes. It's the day before Thanksgiving, so I've gone back in the archives and uh, dug up some recipes. Some of these back from bad sound days. Uh, I know most of you have not heard the the shows we did in the early days, but uh, I picked out the ones that uh, the sound wasn't totally terrible, like in our bad sound days, but uh, I picked one or two of those out because I know you've never heard them before. We have a great roasted nut recipe from Pat Rea. Kat Nielsen joined us with a spaghetti squash recipe. I know that's one of Jamie's favorites. Reese Koffler Stanfield, yes, the host of Dressage Radio Show, used to do recipes for us back in the early days, and she did a quinoa salad with basil lemon dressing, and then Dr. Wendy Ying stopped by to discuss cooking for dogs. You gotta, can't forget your dogs on the holidays like this. So listen in. We got a lot of fun stuff planned for you. But first, it's time for some Daily Winnies. Well, happy birthday to Janine Cox, one of our terrific auditors. Another auditor, Kelly Harmon. Becky, whose last name I'm not even going to attempt. Becky, you know who you are. Your initials are DB. So, Becky DB, happy birthday to you, too. And, of course, it's Scary's birthday tomorrow. So, happy birthday to Scary. He's an institution in the auditor room. You all know him. But before we get to our first recipe for you on this pre-Thanksgiving show, I wanted to mention Stateline TAC is having their Black Friday sales starting already. 
Uh, it's Wednesday, and uh, they have Black Friday. They have up to 40% off of Weatherbeta. They have Gatsby all-purpose saddle pads for 50% off. They have their holiday gift guide up there. They have Oak Footwear up there with savings up to $70. They're going to be running sales today, tomorrow, all the way through the weekend. So be sure to check every day over at StatelineTAC.com for all of your Black Friday savings. StatelineTAC.com. Go there every day for the next five days. First up, we have Pat Rea with a very seasonal recipe for roasted nuts. So this is Pat Rea uh, with Jamie and I from a past episode where we talked about roasted nuts. What's really fun is Pat has a uh, Italian comfort food page on Facebook and she posts all these recipes all the time. And I have been known to make the recipes and submit pictures to her. And she tells me what I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you rarely, you rarely do anything wrong. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a fun one today because anything that encompasses butter and sugar, I am in. All right. So I made us. the mistake of clicking on her Facebook page and now I'm really hungry. Right. There's more <laughs> pictures of pasta in here. Now, now I know what I'm having for lunch anyway. <laughs> well, you know, um, a, a, a young friend of mine, a teenage friend of mine is, um, who is, uh, um, keeps your horse at, uh, Gemini, uh, down here in Florida, uh, is going to her first show, her first show in Florida, um, over the weekend, and she said, oh, I mean, I, I have to have something that I can, like, snack on. And she weighs, she weighs like, she can eat anything. So I said, okay, I'm going to fix this for you. So I made a batch of these um, roasted pecan halves, and um, I got just enough of them for her after I, like, shooed my husband away from them. <laughs> so these, these are these are like really easy and really fast, and they go really fast. They're good for the holidays. They're good to take to the barn in baggies when you get hungry. Um, I keep a bag in the car <laughs> just in case I feel faint on the way back. <laughs> you never know when you're gonna need a little pick me up. And and like you her at know. horse shows, I can't eat anything. So if there's something that tempts me to just put it in my stomach before I actually ride, I'd probably feel a lot better. So these are called Pat Reyes nuts. <laughs> Pat Reyes nuts. <laughs> and she certainly is. <laughs> if you want to go see what Pat has on Facebook and she posts a lot of stuff, it's actually the Facebook page is called what Italians really eat. So yeah. you can go on and get a real good perspective, but look, tell us about your nuts, Pat. <laughs> well, you know, I tripped across this uh, quite by accident. You know, it's a really big deal, big deal for Italian people. And it's the Feast of the Seven Fishes and families get together and they just like go in this eating orgy. And so <laughs> I was I was casting around for something that I could put out in bowls that would keep them happy while I was putting the next course on the table. And so I, I tripped across this um, re recipe for roasted pecan halves or pieces, doesn't matter. It's very easy. You just crank up the oven for 225 degrees. Um, you, uh, you have about a half a pound. Of, you, you know, you can make as many of these as you want because they're, they're going to get eaten, especially while they're warm. Um, so I, I, I line a, a short rimmed, um, a shallow rimmed pan with parchment paper and put the pecans, spread the pecans evenly on it and, um, dot the whole thing with butter. You can never have too much unsalted butter. You know how that goes, butter. Amen. Uh, you, you make sure that you dot it really well so that these critters have a, a lot of, there's a lot of butter on there. Throw them in the oven for about 10 to 12 minutes. You just want to get that butter melted. And uh, so you pull them out of the oven and you, and you mix them all up to make sure, uh, that they're well coated with the butter. And, yep. and then, and then you, you, you have like this mixture of sugar, which is, um, uh, about, uh, uh, half a cup of brown sugar and a half a cup of cinnamon. And you mix it all up, you know, with, I use my hands because I don't know, it's just better than using it. It's an food. Italian thing. And then I, <laughs> it's an Italian thing. It is. We use our hands for everything. And so, can't, we can't talk without them. And so that I sprinkle them all over, sprinkle that mixture all over the pecans, and I shove them back into the oven for another 10 to 12 minutes, take them out of the oven after that 10 to 12 minutes is over, 
mix them all up to make sure that they're all coated um, and then put them in a bowl and try not to eat them. On the way to <laughs> setting them down, they'll be gone. In, in this exactly house. right. Now, there's another way to do this as well. You can add a little bit of Cajun spice to mm. that sugar-cinnamon mixture to, to, to give it a little bit of a kick. You know, uh, people well, like uh, sweet and spicy. I can't do it. Like people eat eat uh, spicy chocolate and stuff. I can't. For some reason, I can't mix the two. I like them both separately, huh. but I can't mix them. Well, then you want them plain, and then whoever else. Why wants would to you make ruin them, the, the sugary sugar taste tea. with spice? Obviously, Glenn well, is not bite. Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Nor did it's he probably bite. ever date you No, I yeah. didn't. No, actually not. So, question, Pat. This sounds amazing. So, you're basically like double roasting some pecans. And we're going to put this uh, recipe up on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page. Cool. But I have a question. Is there an... I love almonds. They're my favorite food. Uh, really? A favorite nut Yes. So can you do these with almonds as well? You betcha. But what I would use um, um, with the almonds, I would have them. You can buy slivered almonds. You don't want them slivered, but maybe sliced. Okay. You know, because you want this this thing to really permeate in all of that jazz. I've never tried it with whole almonds. I've done it with sliced almonds, but I don't see why you couldn't do, them with, do, it, do this with anything. I've done it with... Um, Pecan, uh, not pecans, uh, walnuts as well, whole walnuts. And, um, you know, they, they don't, you have to experiment with them because they don't last long enough. <laughs> <laughs> I would say pistachios are a no-go. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a no-go. They're a no-go. Peanuts are probably NG, you know, that kind of stuff. Really? Peanuts wouldn't work with this? Yeah, I don't think it's the... I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think there's enough surface, to tell you the truth. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Whereas walnuts, there's lots of nooks and crannies, so you'd probably get a lot more you sugar bet. actually. Um, you bet. And you know they make these; they sell these at every fair and festival you go to in the little paper cup, and they're like eighty five dollars yep. for the little paper cup. And <laughs> yeah, but I never thought about making. I, I never actually thought about making them at home. Well, you know, the other thing about this too is besides you know besides the uh, uh, the savings on the cost of the pecans are pretty expensive critters, but but. Um, you can tweak the recipe if you like th- if you like more cinnamon, put in more cinnamon. If you like more sugar, put in more sugar. If you like, you know, uh, if you want to put the Cajun seasoning in, if you want a little bite back, you can do more or less. You have control. That's why I really enjoy cooking um, more than more than going out because I have control of what it tastes like when it comes out of the oven or off the grill or out of the pot. See, and Pat, that's why I need you because I cook at home and I don't have control of what it tastes like when it comes out of the oven. So that's why I follow your recipes and do what you say. So again, you guys, half pound or a half pound of pecan halves or pieces, unsalted butter, plenty of it, a half a cup of cinnamon and a half cup of brown sugar. Why the brown sugar and not white sugar? You can use white sugar. Um, I just like the brown sugar better. Okay. Um, you can mix it. Also, you can put in the brown sugar, and then because it's not as sweet as the white sugar would be. Okay. Um, but you can do that, and if you're going to use uh, sugar, raw sugar is best. If you use, you know, like sugar, sugar, like you put in your coffee. But there is absolutely no reason why you can't coat these little guys with anything that makes you happy. Hey, Pat, I got to tell you what we found. We were over in England. Uh, we went on vacation there, and we went to Scotland and, and around. And one of the things we found in love with, and we splurge on now because it's so, so expensive, is Irish butter. It is so oh, yeah. much better than our butter. It just tastes completely different. Absolutely. Ugh. Absolutely. And there is also a big difference. I, in everything I cook, I use unsalted butter. Because I just, I, I'm, I, I want to, I guess I'm a control freak. What can I tell you? <laughs> you want to, you want to do the seasonings? How much, <laughs> how much salt is in the butter? So I use unsalted butter all the time. Well, I'm okay. going to s- tell the listeners when you go to the store next time, look for uh, your every store will have them Irish butter. It's expensive uh, for a small container, but you take that home and and it, I, I, you. 
put it on bread or you put it on anything and you will see a difference. It's actually Just so sweeter. you know, Glenn, yeah. Pat is Italian and I feel like you're being a little racist. No, no. Like, this, this is for anybody. <laughs> this is for anybody. Oh, so okay, good. Okay, so back to the rest of the recipe. Preheat right. oven to 225. Line the, uh, the pan with parchment paper. Arrange it evenly on the parchment paper. Dot with butter. Coat with butter, let's be honest. Roast 10 to 12 <laughs> minutes. And in a small bowl, mix the cinnamon and sugar. Take the pecans out of the oven and toss all over with the cinnamon and sugar or with the butter and then sprinkle the cinnamon and sugar on there. Roast for another 10 to 12 minutes and then try not to burn your mouth eating them directly out of the oven. You betcha. <laughs> well, American Harvest's newest product for horses, equine hemp pellets, are vet formulated and produced from natural hemp. The pelleted formula is manufactured with potent CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. The hemp-derived CBD pellets can help your horses recover faster after a show, get great relief from inflammation, reduces nerves, and even ease digestion. If you prefer a liquid application, check out American Harvest THC-free CBD oil or premium hemp extract. Look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.altech.com. And right now, American Harvest is offering an exclusive giveaway for you, our loyal Horse Radio Network listeners. One lucky winner will receive a free 90-day supply of American Harvest equine products. Check out today's show notes for the details on how to enter. So go on over there before the end of the year and enter for uh, your chance to win a 90-day supply of American Harvest equine products. Next up, we're going to have a little song from Templeton Thompson right after we hear from Kat Nielsen. She, Kat, used to come on with us years ago. So this probably dates back to 2012, 2013. And she did a spaghetti squash recipe with marinara sauce, which Jamie absolutely loved. Now, I will say that the sound on this isn't terrific. It's legible, though. You can hear it. We often joke about the sound in the early days of Horses in the Morning because we were using Blog Talk Radio and it was awful. Uh, It was our only choice at that point. But this one is not too bad. So take a listen to this recipe from Kat Nielsen. Food because we've got Kat Nielsen of Eat Your Tart Out here with us. Hey, Kat. Hey there. It's so weird hearing my last name out loud. So <laughs> you finally have a last name we can say. <laughs> I know it is very exciting. <laughs> I, I think it's great. Congratulations. Thank you. It's awesome. Now, uh, I, I was looking at the recipes that you've provided for us today, and I'm super excited because I've actually got one of the items sitting on my counter and I didn't know what to do with it. And that is spaghetti squash. um, I love it, but this is a new twist on it for me. Yeah. I, it's one of those things that I had found a recipe for one a while ago. The sauce was okay. It wasn't a big deal. So I kind of changed it up and that's kind of how we came up with this spaghetti squash with marinara sauce recipe. And my now husband he was like looking at this thing like I had three heads. Like he did not want to try something that kind of looked like spaghetti, but he clearly it's knew healthy it spaghetti, right? It's exactly. Healthy. I mean, for the whole to you for you to eat this entire thing is like three hundred calories, which is ridiculous. But it tastes really good and it mimics spaghetti really well. So it's actually a very good healthy recipe for just about anybody. And now this is something that my husband asks for all the time. He's like, "When are we having spaghetti squash?" So I always have to have a bunch on hand. For when he gets that craving. So, yeah. And when you buy them, they really do last a long time. For those who don't know, explain, because I seriously <laughs> doubt that Glenn's ever cooked a spaghetti squash. Explain what it is. So, it's a. Well, you know of- me so well, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a type of squash. It's very mild in flavor. And what happens is, is once you cook it, now you can steam it. I usually just bake mine um, in the oven, kind of pierce it with a fork, kind of like you would maybe a pie crust so it doesn't kind of overflow in the pan. You don't peel it or anything. You leave it this. Yeah, you literally just have it. You take out the seeds and then you poke it with a few, like I poke it with a fork, just kind of all over so it gets that nice even airflow. And once it gets soft enough to where you can pierce a knife into it very easily, kind of how you would know when a potato's done, um, what you do is you kind of let it cool a little bit so you don't burn yourself. And then you just take a fork and similar to how you would get pulled pork or pulled chicken or something, you kind of pull the strands. And as it loosens up, it looks like spaghetti. It's the craziest thing, but it's also really good and for you. Yeah. So I cut mine in half and then I did put olive oil on it and 
cook it face down, maybe a little bit of water in the bottom of the pan and just bake it at 350 for an hour. And then you can just scoop it out like scooping out a potato, you know, uh, just with a spoon and all this, it just comes out spaghetti. You take a little fork and kind of separate it. And it, 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 Glenn, it's, it's literally looks just like spaghetti noodles, the way that it separates when it cooks, hence the name spaghetti squash. Now, what I've always done with it is just, I know it's called spaghetti squash, but we just put butter and salt and pepper and there you go. But cats yeah. stepping it up a little bit. Well, it. I mean, it's. I've always loved it, kind of with, with the Parmesan cheese and stuff like that. And it's been always good that way. But the marinara yeah. sauce I found was a very kind of new twist on that. Now uh, you you have a. We we don't need to go through the whole marinara sauce recipe. I think people would get lost. But this is. I have never. I always just buy you know canned sauce. But I like this recipe you have. I was taking a look at it. That does look like something I want to try and make. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that because for you, I'm not so sure sure about the spaghetti squash part of it. (laughs) I mean, I don't like squash to begin with. So now tell me, I you know I very doesn't taste like squash. uh, That's my question. So if I don't like squash, you know, to begin with, then will will I like this? You will. I mean, it's one of those things where I think it's it's the squash in there is kind of like you know people kind of stay away from it for that reason, and they you know don't really understand when they're looking at the market to kind of see spaghetti squash, but. It's got a very mild flavor. If you eat it just by itself, you kind of get that squashy flavor. Um, so like with butter, you're going to get the fat that kind of covers that up a little bit. Or as like with a marinara sauce, you'll get the acidity that kind of covers it up. If you eat it just by itself, I can't say it's something I'm going to pick up and just eat that way. And I think that's why like my now husband, it wasn't big on his list of things to eat because he had it before and he just tasted squash. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Sounds like baby Luke agrees with me. But, uh. Yes, he, 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 he actually likes it. Thank you very much. He's had it in the blender and he loves it. So <laughs> spaghetti squash is a good carrier. Am I right? Yes, it's like spaghetti noodles. Exactly. It kind of yeah. carries whatever you're putting on it. And if you can get over the fact that you're eating squash, Glenn, it's something actually healthy. You'll actually like it. Chad likes it, too. I'll have to try it because, you know, I'm, I'm limited on my noodles. I can only have rice noodles because I don't do the gluten thing. Right. So, And rice noodles, you know, I've found very few good rice noodles. Most they're, of them turn mushy. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing worse than eating mushy noodles. I'm sorry. They're just – it's like you cooked a regular noodle too long and they got – limp and that's what happens to rice noodles normally it's so true it's so perfect for you then glenn perfect so for those who don't know uh, how do you pick a good spaghetti squash i found it's similar to kind of most vegetables and fruits that usually you want one that's heavy for its size you want one that's all the same color and just kind of feel it around too because sometimes i find ones that are bruised and that's not something you can always get them bruised and kind of cook them right away at home but like you said, uh, Jamie, they do last a long time. So as long as you're getting one that's kind of free of blemishes and soft spots, it'll last a pretty good long time in your kitchen. How long do they last, cat, after you cook them? Um, not that long. I'd okay. say it's probably like a week is kind of your safe bet if you yeah. really go that far. But it's best just to kind of cook them. I usually do it the day before. Normally, I've got something in the oven. So if I know I'm going to have spaghetti squash later in the week, I'll throw it in the oven while it's hot. And that way, I don't have to turn it on twice. And then I just let it cool because that's the one thing when you're kind of shredding the strands and kind of scooping it out, you don't want it straight out of the oven because you'll burn your hand like crazy. So it's better not to go that route and just kind of let it chill out. So normally what I'll do is I'll just cook it up, let it sit. Then the next day I'll shred it up and then use it in whatever recipe I'm doing. Or you have zero patience and you have realized that you don't have anything for dinner. So you just basically get a hot hot pad in one hand and a big giant spoon in the other and you just scoop it out and burn yourself. That's the way we do it in our house. (laughs) And I have had people before that have microwaved it as well. Um, They'll usually kind of throw a plastic um, sheet of plastic over top your saran wrap. Um, I just hate using my microwave for something that's going to be cooked for so long, and I hate plastic wrap. But again, if you fall into that category where that's how you cook things, by all means, you can do the same way. Scoop out the um, seeds, throw a piece of plastic wrap over it, and cook it that way if you need it in that big of a hurry. But I always recommend oven because I think it tastes better. I agree. Now, uh, you know my thoughts on microwaves, Glenn. There is something wrong with a microwave (laughs) if it can make things boiling hot and the walls are not hot. I'm sorry. It just makes no sense to me. And there's some, you're injecting cancer into a good, healthy squash. Uh, I couldn't live without a microwave. (laughs) There was a recent study I saw that had these kids who did a science experiment and one 
microwaved water every day and they planted two plants side by side. One microwaved water every day and cooled it down and fed it to their plant. And then the other one just fed, fed it tap water. The one that was fed microwaved water died and couldn't be sustained. Seriously? See, I knew I was onto something. Yeah, it's kind of, just I mean, you can Google it and find it. It's really kind of shocking. I can I can do that with any kind of water. I don't care what kind of water it is. I can kill <laughs> that plant. Kill that plant right. in minutes. That's right. I'm well, we'll it. tell you what, Kat. We'll get to the next recipe. But I wanted to tell everybody we will put this recipe with the complete marinara sauce, which I'm dying to try. Um, we will put that on our Facebook page and also in our show notes. And you can find it at uh, eatyourtartout.com as well. So w- what's the next one? It is an everything bagel hummus. Now, Yummy. I grew up on the East Coast, so everything bagels were kind of a norm. And I'm realizing, what like, an yeah. everything bagel. See, what is this? Like, I can't. It's, I, Seriously? Yeah, see? Anyways, an everything bagel. <laughs> Sorry. Has, I grew I, up I, in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, where, you know, it was Amish Mennonite food, where everything was bland and not exotic. Let's Not finish. a bunch of Jewish bagel shops, huh? No, no, there really wasn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's definitely a New York thing, and it has migrated, especially, Glenn, if you've gone to Wegmans, which I know you do. They yeah, exist yeah. at I'm Wegmans. I'm going to be there tonight, Kat. Tonight. What? In oh, Philadelphia, I... at Wegmans. Oh. Every Friday when we get there, we go to Wegmans. There's one the next exit up, and every morning we go to Wegmans to get our lunch. Oh, so wonderful. But see, you can't eat wheat, so this kind of... Well, this is why you have to try the hummus, is because it's got all the seasonings in it. So, for those of you who don't know, an everything bagel typically has poppy seeds, sesame seeds, salt, um, onion, and garlic. And depending on where you go, New York, I've always found it there. Other places, when you consider an everything bagel, may not. But caraway seeds are usually on there as well. So, it's kind of like the kitchen sink of bagels. It's a bagel with 85 different kinds of seeds on it. Yeah, Yeah, and they get stuck in your teeth, but it's just so darn good that you just suck it up. Have you had an everything bagel? You were from Atlanta, so you were used to going to those good delis and stuff. Oh, Anytime I go to a bagel place, I I would get an everything bagel because you can put anything on it. But I love the garlic pieces and the salt pieces and the poppy seeds and all of it is just on top of the bagel. So by the time you finish your bagel, your plate or piece of paper usually is covered in all these seeds and then you just lick your finger and you smear it around and you eat everything. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting hungry <laughs> God. Well, tell us about the, the topping. Tell us about the, the hummus. Well, so in the recipe, I guess, and you'll repost it, I've given you kind of an outline for the everything bagel seasoning. So that you can sprinkle on just about anything. I've actually found it really good to be on steaks and things like that. You can put it on maybe spaghetti squash. I don't know. Like, you can do it in a lot of things. Dips, I found it's really good. You know, get a sour cream. You can add that to it. Get uh, cream cheese because maybe you can't find the bagels around you, but you want to add the flavoring to your bagel, add it to cream cheese and spread it on. Um, so I gave you the basic recipe for the seasoning, which is just including everything we just talked about. Very simple. And then the recipes for hummus, which I thought tasted amazing with either pita chips or carrots or vegetables. I have a question. I'm looking at this ingredient list here, and maybe it's me, but you have your hummus as, sorry, this is vegetarian nerd right here. You have two cans of cannonelli beans. Are those not the same things as chickpeas or garbanzo beans? They are not. So this is, it's a hummus in the sense that you're using beans, but I find that the cannelli beans have more of a um, subtle taste to them, whereas garbanzo beans, they have a twang to them, if you will. Like, there, you can definitely taste a difference. The cannelli beans are just like a white bean huh. that don't have as pungent of a flavor. So, like, something like this that's going to pack a lot of flavor, you can just use those. And you're doing that because you want your base to be less less potent because you're putting all these seasonings in it. Yeah, and that's why I do that. I mean, you can absolutely try it with garbanzo beans. I haven't yet, but it's just, I like the white beans with it. That's so, all. Just to go through the ingredients real quick, she's got two cans of cannonelli beans, three tablespoons of the seasoning that we'll post online because it's a lot of stuff, Um, sesame seed oil, which is also, I use tahini, which is also something you can buy, and that's sesame seed, but they're ground sesame seeds, one-fourth cup olive oil, and one whole head of roasted garlic. Yum. Yum. Yeah. So I just, the sesame seed oil, yes, you'd normally use tahini. There's not many people that unless you're a hardcore vegetarian or make hummus all the time, you might not have it. 
sesame seed oil is great for stir fries and dressings and stuff. I find more people have it on hand and it just gives you that potent, really like full of sesame seed flavor. It's just and I like that because tahini, I get it at, you know, Trader Joe's and stuff, but tahini is actually pretty expensive and it doesn't last very long. So I'm going to try it with the sesame seed oil. It's a good idea. Yeah. And then the garlic, I just love garlic and roasted garlic. You don't get that potent garlic flavor. So I love roasting it and adding it to this just gives that nice kind of subtle garlic flavor on top of everything else. This looks delicious. I got to cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kat, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Kat, you can find her at Eat Your Tart Out. And by the way, it's spelled T-A-R-T-E. You're warm and home and safe Surrounded by your herd Singing peace on earth And happy ye holidays Well, the snow has softly fallen on the pasture And there's a holly wreath hanging on the barn Jingle bells are jingling Lights are all a-twinkling Christmas time is coming to the farm Yeah, I'm wishing you a very merry Christmas And hoping that you're warm and home and safe Surrounded by your herd Singing peace on earth And happy ye holidays, yeah Like the feeling when no ones you love are gathering near. So I'm wishing you a very merry Christmas. Hoping that you're warm and home and safe. Surrounded by your herd, singing peace on earth and happy ye holidays. That was Templeton Thompson with a little happy ye holidays. And she is coming up Monday night. Don't forget to join us Monday night. Uh, we do have an event on Facebook set up for that. Well, I've been posting links all week, so you can find them on most of the Horses in the Morning and the Auditor Facebook page, my personal page as well. And you can set yourself a reminder. If you want to join us live, you have a chance to win thousands of dollars in prizes. Uh, but the only way you can do that is by joining us live on Monday night, the 29th at 7.30. We're going to play a little game show and then head right into uh, Templeton Thompson's concert at 8 o'clock Eastern. Well, next up, we have Dr. Wendy Ying talking about the best food for itchy dogs and how to cook for your dogs. And uh, let's take a listen to Dr. Wendy. Well, Wendy, it is time for the traditional Chinese medicine update. And I know you were out visiting with my co-host, Jamie, from the morning show, who rescued a uh, basset hound named Lucky, who is, she has sin- yeah. since put about $5,000 worth of vet bills into. <laughs> and um, one of the things that this poor basset hound has had everything. I mean, his ears were a mess. And when you're a basset hound with, with ears that have that kind of problems, you're in trouble. Every 
tooth, I think, has been pulled out of his mouth at this point. He was just a mess, but she was kind enough to save him where he was going to be put down. And Aww. she even did a crowdfunding with our listeners at Horses in the Morning and, and raised almost $3,000 for his medical bills. Oh, so wow. It was kind of a family. A lot of the listeners listening right now own a piece of Lucky. Um, but, you know, you were out there, and he has a, he still is itchy, right? Yes. And actually, Lucky is a really interesting case because... You know, we live in Florida and it's hot and humid. So a lot of the itching that I see in dogs and horses is what we call damp heat because it's like red, scabby, oozy, you know, that's damp heat. But Jamie lives in Arizona, so they see a lot of different things than than we would see in Florida, right? Because Arizona is super hot and super dry. Um, and so I don't know about you when you go to Arizona, but when I get to Arizona or Colorado or places with low humidity, my nose starts bleeding like immediately when I get off the plane. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's so dry, it affects your mucous membranes. So they have different kinds of problems than we have. In the past, when I've talked about food therapy, we just kind of talk about hot and cold because that's easier to understand. Because um, it, you know, I mean, this is like layers of an onion here, right? But in Jamie's case and Lucky's case, they he had all these heat issues, but it was not damp heat. It was just like, you know, dry heat. So he had the ear infection. He had bad teeth. So like an infection is heat. Um, but then... He luckily had medical attention, right? So he was on antibiotics, steroids, you know, had to undergo surgery. I think he had a cancer issue, right? Didn't he also have some issue with cancer? Yeah, I think um, this dog has had everything. <laughs> yeah, he's had everything. But so then the treatment, while the treatment helps him and makes him better, the treatments also can damage his chi. And your chi is like your life force, right? Mm-hmm. But also, it damages his blood. And I'm not saying he's anemic, but he has a blood deficiency. So in Chinese medicine, the blood can refer to your white and red blood cells. But it's also like the the liquid part of your bloodstream, right? So your, your lymph and the blood goes to giving you a nice coat, right? So you have nice skin. Your skin's not dry. So he's itchy and flaky. But he's not damp. He's not like, I mean, he's smelly. Don't get me wrong. But he's not smelly on his skin. Um, so he has a blood deficiency. So Jamie asked me if I would give her some tips about a food therapy for him. So I have, and, and for just in general, I have a general basic diet for dogs so we'll start there. And most dogs are going to have some kind of heat issue anyways because uh, the nature of dog food, right? Because dog food is like dry kibble. So it's hot and dry. And then it has, it's usually chicken-based, which is also hot. So one of the things I, I try to encourage when my clients begin cooking for their dog is let's start with a neutral base diet. So a neutral diet starts somewhere with like uh, brown rice and either beef or pork, uh, or you can do some ground turkey. And I know, Glenn, I once the first time you were over at the house, Kyle was like, oh, well, let's eat this uh, grass-fed beef. And I said, no, that's for the dogs. And you were yeah, like, like I don't get grass-fed beef. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, but Tamika has some heat issues. So, but beef and pork is neutral. And then, you know, grass-fed animals tend to be cooler than intensively raised animals. So that's why my Tamika gets grass-fed beef. But so the protein for your dog can be something like that. Chicken is hot. Venison is hot. Lamb is hot. So I always go back and think about how when I was in vet school, I feel like I killed my old lab with Purina lamb and rice because at the time I thought that was the best thing for her, but she had damp heat. I should not have been doing that. Um, so um, if you already cook for your family, 
you're totally capable of cooking for your dog. Like every day, you don't make sure your family is getting a hundred percent balanced diet. So the key is variety, right? So if you have a variety of foods all throughout the month, you'll probably have a balanced diet. Uh, as long as you're not eating like Twinkies and Ho-Hos every meal. So the base diet would start with like um, pork, beef, or turkey, and add some brown rice. I also like to use quinoa for my base diet. So if you don't like rice, you can add quinoa. Glenn, do you know what quinoa is? Yes, I do. And I, <laughs> I actually eat it. I ha- you know what? Quinoa was one of the things when I'm on my strict version of my lime diet that I'm allowed to have. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't have any gluten in it. Right. Yep. Uh, Although one it takes of the forever th- to cook. Quinoa is just hard to cook. And, you know, the thing is, if you have a little dog, cooking is easy because you don't have to make so much. If you have a big dog, like Lucky's like 45 pounds, right? So it, it can be really expensive. You know, a lot of people these days are doing a grain-free diet. Um, and that can be really expensive for a big dog. And you don't have to go grain-free because you could add some rice. That's fine. You don't just want, don't want to use processed grains. That's why the quinoa is fine for the Lyme's diet. Another thing you can do to kind of stretch your um, protein is to use something like sweet potato or yam because that's really good for their system and it's cheap, right? So, and dogs love it. So maybe if you're going to make a big pot of food for your dog, you do one third protein, like your, your meat, and you can do one third your starch, be it rice, quinoa, uh, sweet potato. Um, I also like to use some carrots, but carrots are a little bit sweet. Um, and then the other third should be vegetable. So the best vegetables for dogs are like green leafy vegetables. And an easy way to get that in your dog is to use some frozen spinach. Because I know like a lot of people say, oh, I don't even get fresh vegetables for myself. Well, you can find frozen vegetables in the grocery store and you can just like I usually brown the meat and then I put in the grains And then I cover that all with water and then I bring it to a boil and get the grains all cooked till they're soft, till you can, you know, taste it and they're soft and cooked. And then you just dump in some frozen vegetables and dogs love spinach. They love carrots. There's a, for the really, for my really lazy clients that hate cooking, I say, get the mixed vegetables are already even chopped up for you. Have you seen those, Glenn? Yeah, that, the yeah, little square carrots? yeah, yeah. My mom used to make those occasionally. We hated them as kids. <laughs> I know it's awful, but uh, you know. But you're right. If you you're putting add, it in with with the meat, then it's easy to do. It's already chopped, and yeah. it's in little pieces. Yeah, green beans. And are a great. dog doesn't know they were frozen, and and it was something your grandma used to serve you when she didn't want to cook. No, right. they don't care that they're like mechanically cut carrots That's in right. little tiny cubes. <laughs> they're right. like, this is awesome. So it's bite size. It's good. <laughs> it's bite size. But you know, like green beans, green beans are really easy and really nutritious. Um, also in this diet, don't forget salt. So while you're cooking, the way I cook, I don't measure. So like I eat a little bit as I go, right? I taste it, but make sure it tastes good. Like, I mean, you don't want to, I, I like a lot of salt in my food. I don't make the dog's food as salty, but in processed dog food, I always say it's sprayed with Dorito powder because it's chemically made to stimulate every single taste bud on your dog's tongue. So people that tell me they have a finicky dog, they won't eat home cooked dog food. I'm like, well, make it taste good. Right. So put a little salt in there. I also always add some turmeric root powder. Because turmeric root powder is a natural anti-inflammatory. There's tons of information online about that. Um, but you can get it off of Amazon. It's in a big, uh, like, one-pound jug. And just sprinkle a little turmeric root powder in there. It also makes it taste good. The other 10% of the diet could be something containing um, omega-3 fatty acids. And I like to use 
hard boiled eggs because I have tons and tons of eggs. Yeah, you've got a lot more eggs than most people. Yeah, so Tamika eats a lot of eggs. But Jamie, she's a chicken person. Yep. You know, so you can either put it into and the food. And they're cheap. I mean, even or, if you're buying them, they're cheap. They're cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so a lot of times I make up a big thing of hard boiled eggs. And then when I give when I give out their food, I'll put in, like, my dogs are small. They're only 20 pounds. So I'll give them a half a hard boiled egg with their food. Uh, another good source of omega-3s is flax meal. And one of the things I recommend, and you can find this on my website, is the Platinum Performance Canine CJ supplement. It's a flax-based supplement. And for the people that are worrying that they're not, their dog's not getting a balanced diet, this supplement will is like taking, uh, you know, a multivitamin. So even if they're if the food is not completely balanced, this supplement will then balance it out. And it also has omega threes. Um, if for Jamie's dog who has a skin issue, one of the most important things you can add to that is honey from the local area that you're in. So local honey uh, is really good for allergies because the bees make the honey with the pollens in that area. So it helps you build up a, an immunity to the, your local allergens. Um, and then for Jamie's, in Florida, we don't have a lot of blood deficiency dogs, but for Jamie's case, for Lucky, he has a blood deficiency, so we need to tonify that. And one of the best things to do for that is to add some sardines to the diet. And sardines, I know some people say, I am not feeding my dog sardines because it's smelly. Well, yes, it is smelly, but dogs love that, right? And um, you can get sardines anywhere. I like the sardines packed in, um, in olive oil that you can get at Costco, very affordable. Um, if you don't like sardines, you could add something like um, kidney beans to the diet. That doesn't smell, and that's a tonifier. Also, you can add a little bit more of carrot. And as we said before, that hard-boiled egg is a good way to tonify the blood. One of the other things that you can do, but I don't really like this um, for my dogs because I don't like cooking it, but liver, like calves' liver, is awesome to tonify the blood, and the dogs love it. But yeah, for me, right. I hate touching it. Me too. I was with, I'm with you. I actually, my mom used to make us liver all the time. I know. I remember you saying that. The only way I me, could eat I just liver. Feel like I'm doing a necropsy every time I'm doing it. <laughs> the only like, way oh. I could eat it is if she could, she'd make bacon first. And then it, a lot of people in the old days used to cook the liver in the bacon fat. Like it yeah. wasn't bad enough for you. Or I guess liver is probably good for you. But I know. It's getting it down. That's the hard part. <laughs> 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 so um so i have more information on the website and i do have a recipe if you want the recipe for the base diet that i did um one of my clients made me measure out some stuff one day when i was cooking but one of the biggest things i can i want to stress is that you shouldn't be afraid to cook for your dog you know they try to make you feel guilty about that but you're you know, you've been doing fine cooking for yourself. You haven't killed your kids yet cooking <laughs> homemade meals for your kids. So why should you be afraid to feed your dogs? I think I think right? it's partly time and and also cost. I think, you know, it's so cheap to buy dog food compared to cooking for your dogs and I think that don't you think that also is a big factor? Well, I think I think if your dog can eat Old Roy from Walmart, then yeah, it is cheaper. But I see a lot of people these days buying like this high-end, grain-free, taste of the wild, blah, blah, blah. That's expensive dog food. Yeah, You, you know, at the that, end of the day, it might be cheaper to, to do home-cooked meals, and then you know what's in it. And you do, you do clinics now with dogs, and I'm sure because you're doing a lot of those probably at pet, at pet stores, um, yeah. you see what people are walking out with. And it's it's probably a little bit of everything, but I, I agree. I think more people are going for the more high-end ones. And it's so funny because what have all the recalls been on the high-end ones? <laughs> it's like I know. And yeah. you know, I, a lot of times I'm set up next to all this high-end dog food. So I see how, I mean, it is really pricey. And people will go, Oh, you'll well, spend, what, $40 for a bag. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they ask me, like, well, what do you recommend? Because the dogs will be like, 
they'll, they'll say, I'm on Taste of the Wild, this and that and blah, blah, blah. And their dog's still itchy and they're like, what food should I change to? And I'm just like, first of all, I can't get into this whole cooking for your dog in five minutes at the pet store, right? Right. But second of all, I can't tell them, well, cook at home. Don't buy this expensive dog food. Right, because you're in the pet people store. People like, get out. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> but I do always say, like, even, so if you don't want to cook for your dog, you don't have to, okay? But one of the ways to get into it or have a good compromise is to do, like, a topper. So you can do the taste of the wild, but you could top it with a hard-boiled egg or top it with a little bit of sardine or some green beans, or instead of giving them pepperonis for a treat, you could give them like uh, a little carrot, baby carrots or green beans or apples. Tamika uh, would prefer the pepperoni and I've spoiled her. So she only eats, you know, Tamika doesn't eat like raw vegetables. That's for horses, but a lot of dogs will eat raw vegetables and it's really good for them. And, of course, you can find Dr. Wendy at drwendying.com. You can find her website with all of her goodies over there, including the complete store. Today's show is also sponsored by Daily Dose Equine. So I'm so happy to be hanging out here with Janet Geyer, who is the mad scientist behind Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds. And I just saw coming across my newswire recently that all of the Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are now non-GMO verified through the non-GMO project. Tell me what that means. Well, for simplicity, it means that the place where the feed is made has been certified to be non-GMO and that all the ingredients are traceable back to the original place where they came from and they are all certified non-GMO because of that. It also means that there are no uh, chemicals that are added into the feed uh, through the growing process or the manufacturing process and it particularly means that there is no Roundup. That, that's um, big because that's a re- it's a really common product that is used in the agricultural industry and it is used on okay. animal feed. So that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Right. So right. they do allow a certain amount of uh, Roundup to be in animal feed, but our feeds have zero. How many different horse feed formulas does Daily Dose Equine currently have? We have four feeds and four forage balancers, uh, six of which are carried by Chewy. There we go. So if you need to learn more about Daily Dose Equine horse feeds or you want to find a local dealer near you, you can go to www.dailydoseequine.com or if you want to just shop around for, for horse feed from Daily Dose Equine, place an order and get fast and convenient delivery nationwide, you can do that at Chewy.com. And finally, from the old days as well, from the old radio days of Horses in the Morning, we have Reese Koffler Stanfield, host of the Dressage Radio Show. And she did a recipe for us. She used to come on all the time and do recipes for quinoa salad and basil lemon dressing. And I ate Got to eat some of Reese's cooking here recently when we were on the road show, and she is a fantastic cook. So I'm happy to have her on today to talk about food. And you know what's exciting about this recipe is that I actually made a lemon basil quinoa last night for dinner. But what? yours looks so much better than the one I made. I'm so excited to try yours. Well, you know, I was, I, well, hopefully one day it will be spring. I don't know where, you know, I'm in Kentucky now. I, I'm not in Florida and I just rode a horse in 20 degrees and oh, that's awesome. I, it, it's so cold. So wherever everybody is, I'm sure it's chilly unless you're where Glenn is or where you are, Jamie. Uh, very it was cold. 30, it, it was 34 last night. So it's chilly here yeah, too. I know. <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> but uh, I think it, it was like, it was 90 here yesterday. It was 90. Yeah. Bucket. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
um, so, I, I, you know, it's spring. And so when I, I went to pick a recipe yesterday, I thought, I am going to pick, you know, I wanted a big bowl of chili last night. So but I'm like, no, we're going to pick something healthy and, and spring-like. So uh, this recipe popped up. I have not made it, but it looks great. And I showed my husband, Travis, and he said, ooh, that, I think we should make that tomorrow. So uh, it's also Lent um, for, for those people that celebrate Lent. So I thought this is a great recipe for all of those reasons. Um, and you can always put chicken in it. You could put um, salmon. For the meat eaters out there, um, this would be a great recipe. So there's lots of things you can do with it. So that's why I picked it for today. All right. Tell us about it. Okay. So I think one time we talked about quinoa on the show. I can't remember, but quinoa is this really great grain. On it. And if you're you know, couscous and, you know, all those things kind of go together, but they're, it's, it's fun. It's fun to cook and a little something different. So one and, uh, one and a half cups of uncooked quinoa, these are the ingredients, three cups of organic vegetable broth. Um, Swanson's has a good one. Uh, you can also use chicken stock if, if you're not a vegetarian. Um, one 14-ounce package of reduced fat, firm tofu cut into quarter-inch cubes. Now, Glenn, you don't like tofu, do you? No, no. Okay, when we were talking about this recipe, which, by the way, is called black bean quinoa salad with basil lemon dressing, um, Glenn and Jennifer were both like, oh, skip the tofu, add sausage. I'm like, you take the adulterate out of it. Which you can. <laughs> so three tablespoons of olive oil divided, one and a quarter teaspoons of salt divided, one cup of fresh basil, three tablespoons of fresh lemon juice, two tablespoons of Dijon mustard, one teaspoon of sugar, two teaspoons of um, um, ground lemon rind, one and a half teaspoons of freshly ground black pepper, three garlic cloves, one 10-ounce package of frozen lima beans, four cups of chopped tomatoes, one and a half cup sliced green onions, half a cup of chopped carrots, and one can of black beans, rinsed and drained. Okay, and all of it, you can, if you don't like something, take it out, it will be fine. Or if you want to put in another vegetable, great, I'm sure it'll be good. So you're going to combine the quinoa and vegetable broth in the saucepan. Bring to a boil over medium-high heat, cover and reduce heat. Simmer for 15 minutes or until the broth is absorbed and the quinoa is tender. Remove from the heat. Place tofu on several layers of paper towel. Cover with additional paper towel. Let stand for five minutes. Heat one teaspoon of oil in a large nonstick skillet over medium-high heat. Add tofu. Sprinkle with a, quor- with a quarter teaspoon of salt. Saute uh, tofu for nine minutes or until lightly brown. Remove from the heat. Cool completely. Or if you're Glenn and Jennifer, add sausage. Yeah. Combine. <laughs> Two remaining teaspoons of oil, the remaining teaspoon of salt, basil, and the next six ingredients, which that was the lemon juice and, the, of course, I'm doing this on a computer. This is, this is when I need to print things out. So this is the basil, the lemon juice, the Dijon mustard, the sugar, and the lemon rind, along with the pepper. You're going to combine all that. So you're making a dressing, basically. There. I'm going to get my computer back working. There we go. I heard it's been a trying computer morning, so I thought I would try yes. a computer as well. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to combine two remaining. Um, so you're gonna, what you're going to do is then you're going to whisk all that stuff together, and you're going to stir it into the quinoa. You're going to cook the lima beans according to the package, omitting the salt and fat, so no butter, no salt. Cool completely. You're going to add the lima beans, tofu, chopped tomato, grill, uh, green onions, chopped carrots, and black beans into the quinoa, and then you're going to... Cover and store, and refrigerate so you're ready to serve it. So you could use this recipe for lunch, or you can use it um, if you're going tailgating to, let's say, a Rolex type event, or mm-hmm. yeah, or the drive event Glenn, that you're going to. So lots of uses for this recipe, and um, or you could add sausage, or I would probably add some grilled chicken to this recipe um, myself. Just put some. Grilled chicken on the top, and you have a great sort of spring salad. 
funny. I was I was reading this recipe and I thought immediately it would be something that you would eat hot and then you do cool it completely. It says almost refrigerate it. So um, I mean, to me, like you could probably have this hot or cold, Reese. Yeah. I know you're freezing to death up there, so. Yes, I would like hot at the moment. Very, very steamy hot. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's what I liked about it. Is there's all kinds of stuff that you can do with it, um, and you can add stuff, take it away, you know, depending on what your family likes. I actually thought when we got married that my husband didn't like lima beans, and I was telling that story to somebody that Travis hated lima beans, and he was like, "No, I don't." And I was like, "Well, your mom told me you hated lima beans," and he's like, "Don't listen." <laughs> Probably my mom didn't listen to the show, but um, he's like, no, I like lima beans. So we have lima beans in our house now. This one also says you can use, uh, I don't know, is it edamame? Is that how you say that? Yeah. I never, mm-hmm. Yeah. You well, can use the edamame delicious. beans, oh. which which we really like. We like those a yeah. lot. Uh, yeah. We they're had some for snack last night, actually. They're sort they're of like a cross between a regular bean and a, a sugar snap pea or something like that. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And they're yeah, kind of like those. So, yeah, they're really good for you. And, and we actually, I keep them in the freezer for snack. Um, or, you know, both Travis and I were running late. I was running late from um, teaching lesson yesterday, and Travis was running late from class. So, um, you know, we just keep those in the freezer, and I pop them in because I was making dinner, and, you know, that's where I want to go for the, the bad stuff, the cheese and crackers and that type of thing. So that was good. I just, I just heated those up, and we snacked on those and then had our dinner. Kind of make me hungry. Sure. I know. <laughs> Sorry. It's nine thirty in the morning, it's breakfast time for sure. I gotta do a breakfast <laughs> Well that's great. <laughs> we will post this recipe on our Facebook page for all that want to see it. Uh, we'll post it on Facebook. You can see it at Horses in the Morning Facebook page. And of course you can hear Reese at the Dressage Radio Show over at uh, dressageradio.com. You can find her over there along with Philip. Now, Philip's not a vegetarian either, is he? No, he's not. No, no he's not no. a vegetarian. No, Jamie, I think you're, I, I don't know very many vegetarians. So, you're, you're, no, so, so I always try to bring in. You're not hanging out with the right crowd. That's the problem. <laughs> That's true. That is true. We need to hang out more. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, yes, everyone come over and listen to the Dressage Radio Show. Um, we have a great show uh, that, that's up today, a new show that's up this morning, and um, love for everyone to, to listen to it and uh, send us some emails and comments. We always love that. Well, thank you, Reese. We appreciate you joining us this morning. It's the Black Bean Canola Salad with Basil <laughs> Lemon Dressing. Quinoa. 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 So I don't know that I've ever had quinoa, to be honest with you. I don't oh, know that I've ever to. had that. Yeah. Try it I'm out. Sure I have. <laughs> it's, a healthy, sure. it's a healthy alternative to rice, Glenn. A healthy alternative to rice, so exactly. you probably won't like it. <laughs> oh, no, Glenn, you Now, be you honest, like Reese. Like do you like tofu, Reese? Be honest. I, I actually do like tofu. Yeah, I do. I, 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 I think tofu just tastes like what you cook it in. Yeah, it's the consistency I can't get that. Yeah, a lot of people. I, I have heard a lot of people, but we have we have a place here, and this is probably why I like it. But it's they do a fried tofu appetizer. It is the best thing you've ever tasted. It's so good. The so next time you're in <laughs> Kentucky, Glenn, I'll take you to our little Thai restaurant in Georgetown, and I will have you try this tofu because I think you'll like right. it. I'll try it. Peel. I'll definitely try it. You know, I don't like seafood, and tofu reminded me the consistency of the couple times I tried scallops. Kind of had that same consistency, and maybe that's why I don't like it. You I have to get it. You have there. There's certain. Uh, I'm a tofu wizard here. I, I I've tried every kind, and it just depends on what kind you get and how it's cooked. Because I hate the squishy, nasty watery tofu. Yeah. So I had cooked mine incredibly well. So it's like well done. So. That's I think that's the trick to it, and that's probably in this recipe, making sure it doesn't get mushy and just stirred around and, and uh, reduced to to softness, I guess, in the salad. But the reason yeah. the recipe is great, I'm going to give it a try, and I'll, I'll let you know how it works great. out. I want to hear. I love it. All right, you guys have a great morning. Thanks, Reese. Everyone have a good right, day. You too. Talk to you soon. Stay warm. Bye.
Uh, well, that's it for today. We want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at Horse Radio Network. We'll be dark tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day here in the United States, but we're very thankful for you, uh, for listening, for supporting the show like you have over the years, for making it the number one podcast in the horse world. We also want to thank our auditors for your tremendous financial support. It helps keeps us keep us going, and we appreciate that as well. We'll be back Friday. I'll have another Best Of episode for you. Maybe go back in a little Radiothon time. Uh, dig out some of the great uh, hours of Radiothon. We'll do that uh, coming up on Friday's show. And then Monday, Jamie will be back. And, of course, we have the concert on Monday night. So we're looking forward to hanging out with you through this holidays. Thank you so much, everybody. And thank you to Stateline Tech. Head on over there for all of your Black Friday deals. 